Tenzin, and I'm your host for today. I am the Modern Head. Hi, my name is Matt, and I'm the Treasurer. Hi, my name is Amira, and I am one of the um, events coordinators. Hi, my name is Elise. I'm the other events coordinator. Hello, my name is Alex. Uh, I'm a member on GenBod and also Fusa Modern. Okay, so uh, welcome back to another episode of Poo Story Time. Um, Today we will be talking about social justice problems. So that ranges from um, topics such as beauty standards, colorism, um, and many more. So uh, to start off, I wanted to ask, uh, how did you guys become knowledgeable about social problems in the Philippines? Um, I personally didn't really know that much about uh, social problems in the Philippines until I got into uh, PUSO and I started like paying attention to like, you know, like the slideshows where like, uh, like history was talked about or like, you know, current events. Um, And I thought I always thought that it was interesting how a lot of it felt pretty similar to like, you know, what uh, I experienced as like an Asian American. Um, but also just like, you know, understanding like the history of like the world of how like, um, the things that, uh, the people in the Philippines like face in terms of like social issues, uh, was also pretty similar to like, um, what I already knew. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm in a similar boat as to Alex in that I didn't really know that much until I first joined Puso. Um, and just play paid attention to like all the gbms and just talk to like my friends that were filipino and the puso and they would tell me about something sometimes and yeah it was just really eye-opening and yeah i had no idea before um for me i think it was always like a recurrent theme in my life but i never really took notice to it until like high school and college like in every Filipino drama or like most Filipino dramas, it's always like the tan dark skinned girl is the poor girl and like looked down upon. And then like the white skinned girl, fair skin is the one that's like always like the rich girl and like highly praised. It's just like that colorism issue. And also like growing up, I was like always darker. Like I would be outside a lot and like my not my parents, but like my other family members, like when I would see them, they'd be like, oh, like, why are you so dark? Like, maybe you should use like skin whitening soaps or something. Cause we use like papaya soap for like skin lightening. But then like, I never took that into consideration like that it was like, oh, colorism that they wanted me to be lighter until like high school. Yeah, no, I I was gonna say basically the same thing as Amira. Um, I was like introduced to it through Filipino teleseries because it was part of the plot line. And then on top of that, it was like my own experience growing up. And of course, when I went back to the Philippines um, in high school, like you also see it when you're in the country, you see the the problems um, that are there, especially if you're not in like the nice resorts because um, for half of my stay at the Philippines, I was with, my mom's family and uh, we live in um, Metro Manila. So in Balik Balik, which is like a small area in Manila. And it's um, obviously not the prettiest part of Manila, but then the other half of um, my stay, I was in Palawan, which is like one of the beautiful islands. So it really shows you like how 
much they value tourism over um, their actual people, things like that. And also in um, high school and beginning of college is when I got like more into social justice in general. So I there was a documentary on the History Channel, I think, called The Kingmaker. It was about Imelda Marcos and the Marcos regime. And it, it's, a, it's a really good documentary. I recommend watching it. Um, it really gives you an idea of what uh, happened in uh, the Marcos uh, regime and then how the Philippines was like when they were under martial law and how it came to be where it is now because the Marcoses kind of spent a lot of money, um, especially Imelda, the first lady, because she was all about the glam and the luxury and all of that. Very interesting watch. But yeah. Ooh. I mean, for me, it's a boring answer. It's kind of the same thing as Matt and Alex. Like, I just remember the first time being in freshman year, learning about the drug wars. I was like, oh, I have, I had no idea <laughs> that this is happening. And it's such a, like a prevalent problem. But I was just like, I mean, I, I never really um, had any like close Filipino friends back in high school or um, were like involved in Filipino culture like that. So I was really, um, yeah, like ignorant about a lot of these social problems that are happening. So just like sitting in GBM and watching and then also like being on eboard now, I think has also made me more aware um, of even more social problems that I didn't even know about in freshman year. So um yeah, it's really cool. So since Imera already brought up, brought up this topic, I just wanted to continue it. Um, so where do you think like problems such as colorisms have stemmed from in Filipino culture? Um, I can speak on that. I think it definitely comes from Spanish colonization. <laughs> um, like we as Filipinos, like throughout the years of like being colonized by so many different areas and like countries, like Spanish, the Spanish really had an influence on us being that like they forced us to become Catholic, like most of us are practice Catholicism and they wanted to like westernize us and like a lot of Filipinos like internalize that and like it's become like internalized into our culture as well and like it's not like the traditional culture that we used to have. It's and like now it's like all based on standards, like everyone wants to be set at a high standard and a lot of people think like the first step to that is being fair-skinned or something wow that's really interesting because um like i know like a lot of other countries that have a similar reason for why they're so like obsessed with um being fair like um i was born in india so um like the british um the British took over India right from like 1800s to like mid 1900s so since then I feel like that's like a big reason for their colorism as well like I think colorism is like a really really prevalent problem in India um like they even have this like soap called like fair and lovely and it's like the soap is like really popular among like everybody there and it's designed just to make you more like whiter and um yeah like even like in the caste system back then, like like the untouchables would be like the ones that are considered like dark and dirty and like, yeah, so. Um, I also wanted to say that I think that, um, I don't know if this is like any way like similar to uh, like what also might be contributing to colorism in the Philippines, but I also know that 
um, in a lot of uh, East Asian countries, um, like way back when, like there were uh, like civilization was more feudalist or like separated between like um, like the people that were like in like in the farms and like the people that were like you know like um, like the royals or like the nobles. Uh, I don't know how to explain it, um, but like you know when. Uh, the people that had to work on the farms, like they would be in like the sun all the time. Um, and uh, like, you know, they would get tan because of this. And this is also like a sign of class um, and like, you know, the privilege that like, if like you were like fair skin, then that meant that like you, you were inside more so you didn't have to do like, you know, the labor. Um, so that was also uh, something that I learned in the past about colorism um, that wasn't necessarily uh, reliant on like you know uh, colonization uh, and like a uh, bigger focus on like Eurocentric features but I do think that colonization is like a huge part in I feel uh, like where colorism stems from in a lot of countries um, so yeah yeah no um, I personally don't really have an answer for like the like colorism in the philippines and stuff but i can talk about like the colorism in like south korea which is so prevalent similarly to the philippines um and the root of that is like what alex said it, like the fair color tone the skin tone was like seen as like a marker of social status because like alex said people that were darker toned mean, meant like they were out in the sun working while those that were like fair and skin like just stayed inside and was able to like enjoy like their royal status or whatever um and that's prevalent to even today um you can see it in like um like reality tv shows such as singles inferno where i think every man in that show like when they're talking about their ideal type they're talking about like a fair-skinned like cat-like face woman and yeah it's just it's definitely such a big thing even to this day about like people wanting like fairer skin as opposed to darker skin because of eurocentric features and stuff yeah yeah and like for like shows like singles inferno i feel like it's even more damaging because every time they say like fair skin they're like oh like she has fair skin like she seems innocent and like you know like they like say all these other characteristics with it but it's like 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 what makes her innocent and like that mm, kind of, like, yeah yeah, and that kind of like thought process can be so damaged. Like, oh, like just because like someone's dark, it means that they're like not as innocent or like you know, yeah. So I think that's in every culture in like in Filipino culture. Mm -hmm. Does like being fair skinned mean like more like innocent and kind and or? Um, I think it does stem from what Alex and Matt said. Like my mom, she grew up like in the Philippines as like a farmer family so she grew up helping her parents like out on the farm like harvesting rice vegetables and stuff and she was telling me how she used to get bullied because of her skin color because it showed like oh like she's hard work like she's out working in the sun and like she struggled a lot with that because she couldn't really do much other than to help her family but she was still being bullied at school like for her skin color even though she's doing way more things that can like help her future than like any of these other people that are bullying her can do like 
I don't know, whenever I hear her talking about that, it brings me like angry and like kind of sad. Yeah, like I can't imagine like, oh, that's so annoying. <laughs> that's so, yes, Alex. Um, yeah, I feel like just in general, I think I feel like like colorism is such like a angering issue because so much of like the consequences or like, you know, quote consequences that like, you know, people face because of colorism is all just like it's all based off of like looks. It's like like you're it's. And like, like, you know, like past like looks, I think like it's like, you know, based on like assumptions that are like, you know, based on stereotypes, which is never a good thing. Um, so I, it's it's frustrating to know that like people will like, you know, judge you or have like that like perception of you just like based off like, you know, the color of like your skin tone, which is like, you know, as Americans, like we understand how that's like, you know, uh, we see that more uh, in terms of like, you know, race uh, and ethnicity, um, more so than colorism, but in like, it's in like the same uh, perspective or lens. Uh, so yeah, I feel like we can all understand the frustration, sadly. Yeah, I was gonna add that like, it's so frustrating because we are told that we're too dark but then we go like, like in America, I've had my white friends be like, oh, I get darker than you. And I look like good when I'm that dark. And they like want to rub it in your face that it's good that they're darker than you when that's something that you've been shamed for. That's something that you've been um, told off for. You know, it's, it's so frustrating to be uh, among your peers and have them tell you one thing, but then go home to your family and be told another thing and it's it's just so frustrating I, I, I don't know how else to describe it yeah but then you like meet some people that are also like oh like you have such nice tan skin and it's like it's like can you guys tell me like some like one straight thing like can you like either right. like, like not only my appearance like yeah, don't like, can you just like judge me on my personality rather than exactly. like, the looks of my skin color it's like also frustrating too because Colorism is within like one ethnicity, like normally in like people that are all the same, like culture, same, same like race and everything. But then like the colorism just divides them even more. Like in America, it's like black and white, like racism. And then in like for colorism, it's just like dividing a whole country. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna bring up that topic too. Like, um, I know that like colorism is such a big issue, like in um Black Americans, like today and like right now like like even in movies when you watch it's like all of like the um female actresses who are casted for like roles they're all like not not they're all but most of them are light-skinned um black females so like you'll mostly see like Zendaya or like uh Amanda Stenberg playing like roles and like I know I've been seeing like all over social media like that they want like more dark-skinned um like, like black females to play and roles not just light skin because that also perpetuates like a um like a certain stereotype too so it's definitely an like a worldwide issue I would say except for maybe like in <laughs> Europe <laughs> but lucky them okay so uh, moving on 
Um, how do you guys think uh, problems associated with beauty standards um, differ between generations? So I know Imara was talking about like how her mom faced similar issues um, with colorism, but yeah, how do you think they have changed uh, between generations? So I think like one of them would be, um, this isn't like more so like change between generations, but it's more so because of like immigration. Like I'm sure beauty standards still exist the same way in my old country, but it's just like now coming here, they like, some of the beauty standards are more like, oh, tanned, thick women, you know? Um, but like back in like Asia, <laughs> it's still like, even now it's still um, like thin, um, pale skinned women um so yeah I'm not sure how it's changed it's just more so like how it's changed within like us because we've like immigrated to America uh I think that one uh like thing that I noticed uh that ranges like with a lot of issues between like generations uh I think that as like time progresses um I feel like we are somewhat healing a bit more um, from where our parents might have like more deep rooted uh, either like, you know, uh, colorist like perspectives or um, perspectives where um, things are just like, you know, unhealthy in general, um, because I feel like something that we have that is like like a great advantage to us is the internet um and like the fact that we can speak freely about like you know like how we're feeling and like you know when people talk about things online uh other people might be like oh i'm experiencing like that same thing uh or like i feel that way too uh and i think that the internet has like made uh like you know our generation um connected but also divided at the same time but I think that like you know looking at it through like you know a positive lens I think that uh we're understanding that we have so many commonalities um and that instead of like you know uh being ashamed of like you know uh what either our family members are telling us like you know our older older generation is telling us um that like you know and so we should kind of try and figure out like, you know, like, why is it that it's that way? Um, and like, you know, uh, why do older generations tend to uh, pick on younger generations for like certain things? Um, but I feel like that's just like a more broad um, sense, uh, but yeah. Um, with what you were saying, Alex, I think, Hold on, I feel like I lost my train of thought. Okay, so with how progressive the younger generations are, I think there's definitely, like what you said, there's healing um, because we see those commonalities between us. We are able to speak freely. We're able to like fight back on the um, the beauty standards that were given to us um, from previous generations. And with why older generations tend to pick on younger generations, I think that has to do with the fact that they are hurting, that they've been hurting because of the experiences that they've gone through and they feel it unfair that the younger generations aren't going through the same thing. Like this is a, a minor comparison, but like how if when we see like iPad babies, we're like, what the heck? We didn't have iPads until like fourth, maybe even eighth grade. Meanwhile, these kids get it out the womb. Like, you know, we think it's so annoying. So I think that's um, a similar way of, looking at it when talking about um, older generations picking on 
younger generations for uh, that progressiveness. I agree with Elise. Like, I think older generations just have the tendency to compare because even like in terms of school, like it's not even in terms of beauty standards right now, but like my parents are always like, oh, like when I grew up, it wasn't that way. Like I grew up in the Philippines, like it's so different. Like you're so lucky and stuff. And they always like mention how I'm so lucky, but then there's also my own fair share of struggles because of the way we grow up in America. Like America is like this dream place to them. I mean, it not really. They they also like struggle to like get to where they are now, but it's like, it's always praised as like the home of like opportunity. But with that opportunity comes like a lot of like, like struggle to get to where you want to be. Yeah, I think speaking upon like the generational stuff, it's like, it's something I've thought about like for a decent amount of time. And that like, it's just really hard and difficult for everyone to understand each other just because of like the different circumstances and perspectives we've had while growing up and just like learning about the world in general. And so I like, unfortunately, I feel like I feel like these generational differences is like, it's just going to be always prevalent, like no matter what across all generations, just because of the way it is, you know, and um, as unfortunate as it is, I think it's just something that we have to like live with and like just accept because I don't really see it. Like, I don't really see us being super like understanding of like everything. Um, Like, wow, no, I really lost my train of thought. Okay, Alex, you go. (laughs) Um, I was going to say that, um, I actually, at least like from first, oh my God, from firsthand perspective, um, I would like to disagree, um, because I think that like, you know, while changing perspectives, uh, like, you know, of like, you know, how, like, let's say we view older generations or like, you know, how we are going to like view like younger generations, I think that it takes a lot of like active like 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 brain work um to like you know like change your perspective but I think that when at least I'm talking to like my parents and it's like you know like they like don't understand something or whatever I'm super super grateful that like you know they're able to like listen um and actually like hear what I'm saying and like you know what my siblings are saying because like you know connecting back to um like how uh like you know we have access like like the internet um i feel like we're also like we also have like a better uh understanding of like certain things and like you know how things connect to each other so like you know when my parents might like say something like you know me and my siblings are like oh like we have like a like a rebuttal for it but that's because like you know like we understand that like you know like things are connected um and i think that uh because we have like this opportunity to understand that I think that uh, it is it takes a lot of work um, but I feel like at some point I would hope that uh, we can kind of alleviate um, like this prejudice that we have of younger of younger generations and older generations uh, I think that it's just that because we learn from who came before us um, like, you know, our parents or, like, older generations, like, before us, like, didn't really have, like, that opportunity to, like, 
understand like the connections and like the ways that we do or like you know how accessible um this knowledge is to us um so i think that times are changing for the better um but i think that it will take a lot of work yeah i agree um i just wanted to like like bring up like how um not bring up but like i just wanted to agree with matt and alex too i think how um i think there are some things where like the older generation will never understand truly about us and like vice versa obviously but like like to focus more on them not understanding us I think it's like with the internet and everything how the internet became more used like during our generation they're never going to experience like 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 when they were younger they didn't have to like see like models like every single day on TikTok and they didn't have to like see all these beauty filters and like I know they probably had their own like shit like magazines or something or whatever but like it's so normalized within our generation like just like scrolling through TikTok you see like these like girls with like unachievable beauty standards with like like 19 inch waists and like perfect skin and like it's like we see that every single day at such like a frequent rate that it's like normal to us but that's not normal you know like back then they didn't have to be exposed to that kind of stuff so I think that's also another reason for like why we might be more harder on ourselves maybe I don't know and also like those beauty standards just like seeing the bef- not, not beauty standards those beauty filters just like seeing the before and after it's like it's like <laughs> it's like pretty drastic and like I think that creates even more of like um more um like beauty standards within us. Um, I want to add off onto that. Um, so like Alex has been talking about like the more positive sides of the internet, but like that brings up the point of like the more negative sides of the internet. Like even though like we're college students, like we have like more of like what our identity should be. Like we have more of an idea of like what we should be doing and everything like adolescents like preteens like 13 year olds 14 year olds like probably struggle a lot with um like body image because they're seeing like so much of like tiktok like these perfect people at least on social media like scrolling through instagram and like tiktok snapchat even because snapchat filters like it like obviously creates like a negative image on themselves because they're not like that and they they're probably like oh i want to be like that because they're like popular they have they have like followers cuz like everything at that age is like popularity you know so it's probably very damaging for preteens and adolescents younger than us at least yeah and i just think it's really insane like when you like go through it you see like 13 year olds and they look like they look like my age yes. i oh, think God. that's like 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 an effect of like seeing that every single day like, cause when we were young, we didn't see, like, I mean, we saw like the older teenagers, but it wasn't like of such like a, like a normal thing that like we like skip being a child to immediately become that. But that's what they are now. Like if I'm like on TikTok, I got to check if they're like, like, like not like a preteen anymore, because I be seeing like 13 year olds who <laughs> look like, like my age and it's like freaky almost because they shouldn't be. They like skip the whole phase where like, you're supposed to look like not like I don't know how to I wish I could look like a dork yeah <laughs> I like, literally look like a dork like at that age I wear I wore like <laughs> clothes right. like leggings like wait 
oh my god I have like a specific photo in my mind right now <laughs> jean jeggings no I had jeggings and then oh my god skirt. jeggings I haven't heard that word in over all. with polka dots and then I had a justice, a justice like love yourself t-shirt justice was a staple mm-hmm. now like kids will never know like, people now like at that age they're like already wearing crop tops and stuff like already like wearing sexualized clothing and having so much makeup and like I wear makeup too but like sometimes makeup can be damaging if you start wearing it too early like you should let your skin breathe a little you know but like I can't even really blame them because like they're like the like the result of like everything that has culminated until now yeah you know, like they're, they're doing this. They, they probably like feel that same like pressure that they like that we felt in high school. They they just feel it in middle school now. Mm-hmm. So it's just. um Yeah, uh, I something that like I wanted to add on. Uh, it's like along the same lines, I would say. Um, but I, I recently watched this video about um, like it was I think it was Mina Lee on YouTube um and uh, she was talking about like the issues uh, that she uh like finds in teen dramas um like you know like euphoria for example um and a lot of like you know what she was talking about was how um the representation of like you know teenagers that um are on these shows um most of the time aren't like you know i, I would say yeah like a lot of times aren't even teenagers um there are people that are like you know um above 20 year like you know around that age which um for the most part uh she explained was because uh a lot of the times when like you know there are series or movies that need to be filmed um if the actor actress is younger than 18 then they can't work a certain amount of hours um so they can't have as much uh commitment to the project um but still like that being said, um, it still has like, you know, uh, an effect on like the younger viewers watching um, because they see like, you know, uh, these figures like like the characters in Euphoria um, and they say, oh, like those are what teenagers like look like. So I should maybe try to like, you know, try to like look that way. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's something interesting that like the media, um, like the impact that media has over um, us, so yeah. Yeah, no, it's like crazy because what we were saying earlier, how all these kids are dressing in these crop tops, all these uh, more sexual uh, manners, like it's because of media and their influence. But then it goes back to that conversation about how we um, react to kids wearing these types of clothes like how we're like oh they're too young for that oh they look too sexy but then at the same time it's like why are you sexualizing a child so it's it's interesting because I never know how to tackle that subject because I think both sides are completely valid but either way it's a result of damaging beauty standards and um like what we were saying skipping over that dorky phase and going straight into adulthood or um young adulthood at least yeah I think everybody has like really valid points and they all brought up we all brought up some like good um like points so continuing on 
Um, have you guys like personally experienced um, such differences with family members um, and their promotion of such standards? Um, I can go first if, um, so I'll just, uh, you know, like how, like back then, like I would think that like more bigger women were more desirable because it shows that they were like richer. I mean, I mean, I think that's what I read, but like now it's not the case anymore. It's like not the case. And I think that's really, like it really shows in Tibetan culture, um, like how like uh, being skinny is like important. Um, like for me personally, like, like when I lost weight, it was like the reaction of like all my, not my family members, but like my close family friends around me. It was like, it was like, like they were all like, oh, like good job. And like, good, like blah, 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 blah. You look so much better now, but it's like, they tended to make it feel, make me feel better. But I was like, damn, okay. <laughs> like, obviously like they didn't mean it with like a, like a negative way, but it just comes off that way when they keep on like praising it to that extent, I feel like. Yeah, I feel like a lot of young girls in general uh, experience that same thing where they'll be, um, they'll have more weight, but then they'll lose it and their family will suddenly be like, oh, you look so skinny. Oh, you look so good. Like, what was your secret? And it's so harmful because um, that's what they approach you with first uh, uh, most of the time, because I know over quarantine, I um, lost weight. And when I started seeing family again, all I got was, oh my God, you lost weight. Oh my God, like you look so good, blah, 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 all these things. And it was an attempt to make you feel better about yourself, but it was damaging the way that they went about it. Um, another thing I was going to say was, this is more on um, colorism, but I have this cousin that um, she tans really easily. And a lot of the time in the summer, especially, she complains like, oh, I look too dark. And she's she's two years younger than me. So she complains like, oh, I'm too dark. Like, I don't want to look this way. And I have to like tell her and reinforce that, like, that's the result of colorism. Like, she looks fine. A lot of other pale people would rather have skin like you. They pay hundreds of dollars to have a spray tan that is remotely close to yours. Um, so like while we were saying earlier that um, we are healing, there is that idea of progressiveness. Um, we are still like getting the, we are still um, experiencing the damaging um, beauty standards that generations uh, before us have experienced um, to a higher degree. Um, one thing that I wanted to talk about, or like, I, I wanted to go back to like, you know, like body image. Um, I think that uh, this is at least something that I faced. Um, I, like, obviously, like, I understand that it's like, like, not comparable to the, uh, like, societal, like, wide, like, effects that, um, like, okay, I, okay, what I wanted to talk about, like, was how, um, like, whenever I would go to dinners, um, like, you know, like, like, my extended family, family members would always be like, oh, like, do you even eat? <laughs> um, or like, like, things like that. Uh, and like, you know, in some like context, it would be like, you know, uh, to tell me to, like, eat up or whatever. Um, 
but sometimes like you know it would also be said with like a bluntness whereas like damn okay <laughs> um but i think that like it just shows that like you know on both sides um i feel like like at least like within like family members so like they're always gonna kind of have an expectation of you and i feel like like because they think that oh like it's like family it's like they can like say to you like with like a nonchalantness but it's like they don't understand that you know like someone is actually like you know like listening to this and like you know like taking it in and like you know like uh having to like go like like take that um and internalize it um but yeah uh so i just think that it's pretty bad on like either way but yeah I completely agree with Alex. Like I was also someone that was told like, oh, you should eat more because like I even now I think I'm like like a healthy weight. But um, before puberty, like I was like really skinny and then they were always like, oh, like you need to eat more. But like I could like I ate a healthy amount, but I just have a fast metabolism and I couldn't do anything about that. So like even if I did like eat more, like it wouldn't go anywhere like how am I supposed to gain weight like in like a healthy way without like binge eating or something and like I agree like I started to internalize that but family members don't necessarily understand that there's like a person on the other side like they don't they don't consider the fact that you also have thoughts and like you'll also like take that into consideration and try to like meet their expectations because at that age it's like a lot of like oh like meeting like whatever expectations your family has rather than what you want for yourself um but now like I have a more healthier mindset of like like my body image even though like I struggled a lot with it because of dance as well because I grew up um doing ballet and ballerinas really have like a set stereotype stereotypical image of like being tall skinny lean and I was like none of that so I really struggled with that a lot growing up but now I'm like I think I have like a really good image of myself but family members really had an impact on that yeah yeah I'd say I'm in a similar spot to Amira and Alex in that um, growing up, I was an incredibly skinny kid, like, like paper thin arms. Um, yeah, that was I was just that way until like puberty, and so like my family members would always be like, "You need to eat more," and they would always give me like way too much food on my plate at dinner, and it would be like it was it was just like I just had a fast metabolism, and it was like a little hard to deal with because they just kept feeding me like ridiculous amounts and I was just I was I just felt like I was just a normal kid just trying to just deal with it um but yeah like I had I had a lot of like I was very uncomfortable wearing like shorts or like t-shirts when I was younger just because like I felt super skinny so like I always wore um like longer sleeves or like pants instead of shorts even when it was um like really warm and I think I only really got over that like in like around like high school I think when I'd like just I don't know I guess I was just tired of sweating a lot and one day I was just like you know what I'm gonna I'm just wear shorts um but yeah that was something that definitely like 
impacted me and like how comfortable I was with like the clothes I wore throughout when I was younger. Um, and thankfully, I think it's a little bit better. But yeah, like Elise said, I think I, I caught a little bit. Um, like over quarantine, it was like a like similarly to Elise, it was like um, over quarantine, I actually gained weight. I gained quite a lot of weight. Um, and like when I'd come home, my mom was like, whoa, 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 what happened? And I was like, obviously that doesn't feel that great. Um, so yeah, it's just, yeah, family members can have a lot of impact, but I just don't think they truly like realize because I think it's also things that have been said to them you know yeah yeah I agree like I think like no matter how harsh they are or how blunt it's like how they were like raised like like when they say this kind of stuff it's like normal for them you know like they can make remarks about these kind of topics because it's like made often in like their society but like here it's kind of like a a sticky subject so like we don't really make remarks on those kind of like topics at all so yeah I think it's just the difference between the cultural things from like back then and then now yeah I thank you everybody for sharing your stories especially for the last question um yeah I I feel like we don't really get to talk talk about this kind of topic often in our like everyday conversations especially our experiences with beauty standards so yeah it was really insightful and I learned a lot so and I hope everybody who is listening to this also learned a lot too but um, yeah, I'd like to thank our guest, Alex, for coming and for sharing so much. So I hope everybody's spring break has been going well. And I'm excited to see everybody back in school or anywhere. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Bye-bye. Don't forget to follow us on our socials. Yeah. So X3. Yeah. Alex, okay. plug your stuff in. Oh, um, my Instagram is Alex Aquatis. Alex A Q U A T I S. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Okay. Nice, nice, nice. Nice, nice. Okay. Bye, everyone. For real. Okay, bye. <laughs>